Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 174, and we're talking about our short trip in Cambodia. You might be able to hear the crickets chirping in the background. That's because we're um, in a guest house on the border between uh, Thailand and Laos. So we're going to cross over the border tomorrow. Yes, and it's Craig's 50th country tomorrow. Yes. So it's very exciting. Celebrating the big 50. Yeah, and it's the 50th that we've been to together, which yep. is really nice. Which means Linda's winning. Yeah, I'm winning because I've already, it'll be 54 for me. <laughs> yeah. I need to get to some more without you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we need to uh, go to Samoa and no, no, Mexico. Mexico. We do need to go to Mexico. Not joking. <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever, whatever. Well, we're here thanks to um, Stray Asia, IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Stray underscore Asia. And uh, they put us on a tour. We were just going to go to Chiang Mai for a week and relax. But instead, we're doing our first tour in four and a half years of full-time travel. That's the weirdest thing. It's so weird to be on a tour. You don't have to think. It's, it's, just, it's, it's a completely different it's world. It's great for you, eh? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just so used to organizing my own transport and accommodation and everything. that To have someone, you know, going, oh, just leave your bags there. Go and look around and, you know oh, you're staying in this guest house tonight and it costs you this much. And, you know, it's the weirdest feeling. You know what else is weird? This mosquito net. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps banging on the head. Yeah. (laughs) Smooth. Well, we'll talk more about um, Thailand, Laos and Stray either next week or the week after. But this week we're going to talk about our short trip in Cambodia. Um, We had about 10 days there all up. Yeah, we were going to have less time. We were only going to have maybe six or seven days. But then we found out that Thailand had changed their border restrictions and instead of allowing us into the country for 30 days without a visa, if you go by land, you only get 15 days. So we thought, well, we'll plan to arrive a little bit later. Instead of having 18 days in the country, we're 15 and they can have less of our money. I think it's a little bit short-sighted, that policy. Yeah. But um, as it turns out, we're only going to have seven days in the country because we're doing this tour, so it's uh, a little bit strange. But uh, yeah, so we ended up having 10 days in Cambodia and it was really awesome. Yeah, now I was a bit concerned about going to Cambodia because I'd been told there's three times more guns than people. I didn't see any. Um, Only I saw some, but they weren't very visible. Yeah, and um, that everyone's got post-traumatic stress disorder thanks to the Khmer Rouge in the late 60s. So I was expecting a nation full of maniacal gun-wielding maniacs. It wasn't like that at all. No, it really wasn't. It's and a lovely, lovely place. It's it was one of my a, favorite such places. a pleasant surprise. It was so nice, and the food was good, and the people were nice, and the accommodation was good. It was just, yeah, there was... I'm trying to think of something bad to say about it. The food was more expensive than Vietnam. This is true. This is true. The food was, and the drinks as well. Yeah. 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 Evil, evil Cambodia. <laughs> well... Let's talk about uh, the capital, Phnom Penh. That was our first stop. Oh, it was hilarious. We arrived there at, I don't know, like five o'clock in the afternoon, and it was light. But we were couch surfing, so we couldn't get in touch with our couch surfing hosts until seven. But of course, when we tried all of our SIM cards, none of them worked. And uh, so we had to go, I had to go on a bit of a mission to find a phone. And then we had to convince a tuk tuk driver to take us to the the place where they live, which is a little bit out of town. And uh, most of the tuk-tuk drivers had no idea where it was. <laughs> but we got there eventually and we had four wonderful days staying with a, a Lithuanian couple. It was so cool. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so I guess one of my big highlights of going there was the uh, film archive. Yeah. Which probably not a lot of people know about. So um, the 
the things to do, I guess, in Phnom Penh are mm-hmm. uh, to visit the royal palace yeah. and walk along the, the riverside and maybe go out on a boat to see the sunset over the city. Mm-hmm. And the other thing people do is go to, I guess, some of the remnants of the Khmer Rouge, the Killing Field and the S21 Tolsling Genocide Museum. Yeah, that's one of the things that everyone talks about doing. Yeah, but my favourite was this film archive. So what they've done is they've digitised a whole lot of footage, and some of it's really early. Some of it's... 1899. Um, some of it's in the 1890s, yeah. And the Lumiere brothers. Yeah, well, I think the association of the Lumiere brothers. Yeah. I don't know if it was them themselves. Possibly not. But anyway, there were just these, like, one- or two-minute clips of um, the water festival and the king coming out of the palace, and it was amazing. It was such an awesome thing to see. Yeah, it was it was great. So that is... Yeah, you'll, you'll find it if you ask around yeah, or, or look 200. online. But, um, yeah, it's not something that you'll probably see in guidebooks or, or things like that. But it's something um, really worthwhile. It's fantastic, yeah. And I think they also do a puppet show, like a shadow yes. shadow puppet show at 6 p.m., Yeah. if memory serves me right. But not every day. We also went to the Meta House, which is the German Cultural Centre, and we watched some um, documentaries there. So that was another kind of film experience. And I found that really worthwhile. We watched um, one was about the setting up of an orphanage and foundation for HIV sufferers one was like a, a short little um document well it wasn't a documentary it was just a like drama an educational and, drama yeah and uh, one was a documentary about a woman whose family had been tortured and killed during the Khmer Rouge regime and about her kind of search for forgiveness and acceptance and uh yeah it was really interesting yeah um so yeah the Meta House has uh, a small outdoor theater and fairly priced house wine and yeah, that's uh, what we noticed most <laughs> they, yeah, they run something i think every night so you can pop yeah. in there and pick up a an up-to-date timetable of what events have got going on mm-hmm. um we've mentioned the Khmer rouge a few times and i'm guessing some people won't know exactly what that was because we had an idea before we went mm-hmm. but we found out a lot more when we arrived yeah definitely so the Khmer rouge was a regime that was basically in power between 1975 and 1979 in Cambodia. Quite a short time, but made an amazing amount of damage to the country. They um, basically wanted to be in power at the expense of anything. So a lot of people who were educated or who had um, links to the previous government were imprisoned, tortured and killed. About two million people were killed in this way. Uh, In about three and a half years. In three and a half years. And it's just really, really sad. So you've got places like S21, which is the well, it's a museum now, it's an old school. And that's where a lot of people were t- brought to be interrogated and tortured. And then they were taken out to the killing fields to be, to be executed. And uh, there's lots of these killing fields, it's not just one, they're all over the country. And it's really, really, really sad places to visit. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's something I think that's important if you want yeah. to understand something of Cambodia because it's affected modern Cambodia just so much um, their their literate population pretty much got wiped out yeah. um, and that has massive effects on education and leadership now um, yeah and so that's really really being a struggle for for Cambodia and even though it's grim it's something important to go and see yeah I find it really sad that you know one of the, the major tourist attractions is this so oh, gloomy, sad place. But yeah, very, very important. 
Yeah. Um, now the other thing that we mentioned is the the royal palace complex, and that's something that's quite beautiful. It yeah, is such a stark contrast. Yeah, I think when we watched the archives of the um, the films, that was one thing that really stood out to me: how proud a nation Cambodia was, you know, a hundred years ago. And you can really see it in the architecture that there's just there was such pride in the building, and. There, yeah, there are some really, really beautiful structures in, in the complex. Yeah, um, it's definitely worth going. One of my highlights there was a mural that stretched right yeah. the way around one of the inner walls. And so I just walked all the way around it. It was fantastic. That was really cool. I enjoyed listening to the people play music in one of the um, little courtyards. Yeah, yeah. Linda's put some um, video of some of the stuff from Phnom Penh up already at uh, youtube.com forward slash indie travel podcast. So... You can browse around there and see more of what we've been talking about. Yeah. But shall we move on to um, Batambang? We yeah. caught a bus. It took most of the day. It was mm-hmm. kind of mid-morning until late afternoon. And, uh, yeah, we arrived in Batambang, which is a, a sleepy provincial town. It was one of my highlights. I think most people, when they come to Cambodia, they just go to Phnom Penh and Siem Reap to visit the Angkor Wat temples. And we, well, we had this extra time, and we heard that there was a winery in Batambang, so... <laughs> directed our steps that way and yeah it was four dollars on the bus oh the other thing was we were thinking about catching the boat from Phnom Penh to Siem Reap and that was going to be about 35 dollars which is a little bit out of our price range and it was going to take hours and hours and hours and hours and hours so what we thought we'd do is catch the bus which was about six hours and then catch the boat from Batambang across to Siem Reap which is a really good solution because that trip was a lot cheaper I think it was 16 17 dollars and uh, took seven hours, which was a lot less than the 12 it was going to be. Um, so yeah, Buttonbug, we, we showed up, kind of accosted an American tourist on the bus as he was getting off going, do you know where you're going to stay? <laughs> and uh, shared his tuk-tuk to the guest house, which was really nice. And that tuk-tuk driver offered us a tour for the next day. And uh, on the tour, we went to see the bamboo train, which is yeah, a very fun no, experience. That's really interesting. There's a disused rail line that runs through Batambang, um, and it's meant to run out, uh, I think, all the way from Phnom Penh up to Batambang and then through into the provinces, but it just doesn't. Um, <laughs> apparently they're repairing it at the moment. But in the meantime, the locals have constructed these, um, I guess you'd say they're a bamboo platform more than anything yeah. else, mm-hmm with a couple of axles and wheels, and they power it with a motorcycle engine. And, uh, so and it's go, all dismantlable. Yeah, you go so got three pieces. along, and when they reach another nori coming in the opposite direction, both vehicles stop, and the person with the least passengers jumps off, they pick up the platform and lay it down, they pick up the axles and lay that down, and then... Uh, the other one goes past, and they reassemble it on the other side. It's really fun. It was such a cool experience. It's There's about seven kilometres of line that they use, and when you get to the end, well, there's a shop, of course, and you buy a drink, and the driver relaxes in a hammock, and then you go back the way you came. <laughs> <laughs> the couple that served us were really lovely, uh, elderly couple. You know, oh, nothing, nothing but grins, and, yeah. and we had good fun trying to communicate. <laughs> Uh, so after that, we went to uh, the winery, which has a small selection of wines, but it's the only winery in Cambodia. The so first and only winery in Cambodia. Of course, <laughs> we had to stop there. And we ended up buying a bottle of rosé, which we polished off that night. Yeah, and it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. Then from there, we went to some temples, which were really interesting. Hindu temples at the top of a hill, 
so many hundreds of steps. I ran, I just couldn't count them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. There were five temples at the top, uh, five stupas, I suppose you'd say. They're kind of um, towers. Towers, yeah. And uh, one was for the king, one was for the people in heaven, one was for the people in hell, one was for. Um, like the monks and the holy monks, people. the holy people, and one was for the regular people. So yeah, and when you come up to the top of the stairs, you have to go through the one for the holy people. No, 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 you, no, go, you have to go through the one for heaven. That's yeah, right. you go through heaven because yeah. you're arriving in heaven, so you go through <laughs> the gateway of heaven. It was awesome. Uh, luckily, the exit doesn't pass through the gateway to hell, so you go, <laughs> no, back, you go back to heaven, <laughs> back, back to normality. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Penombanon. Yep, um, fantastic <laughs> you name. Just like saying that. Yeah, I do. And uh, that was really cool. And then um, what was our next stop? Oh, well, it started it was, to get dark and we went yeah. to the caves. So we went along and we had to walk up a hill to get to the killing caves. There was a temple at the top of the hill where a lot of people had been tortured and killed again during the Khmer Rouge regime. And then in the dusk, we went down to this cave where their bodies had been thrown. And, oh, man, it was... I don't know what it's like at other times of day, but at that time of day, hearing the story, it was quite moving. Yeah, um... Yeah, really, not spooky, but really weighty. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was a, a good end to the day. We hoped to end seeing a couple of million bats flying out of a cave, but uh, we missed the light and ended up walking down about 200 steps by the light of our um, iPod. It was quite <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and then we, yeah, we went back to Batambang and the Tuk Tuk in the dark. And we went out for dinner and had a really nice meal. Oh, a mock. We haven't talked about a mock. Okay, talk about a mock. A mock. Oh, it's, it's one of the best things in the entire world. It's, um, yeah, it's like a fish curry. I suppose you can have it with, with different types of meat, but it's just so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. You'll just have to come to Cambodia and try it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, fish a mock. That's the way to go. Yep. And we had another pretty good one in um, Siem Reap, which was our next destination at the, I think it was called the Khmer Food Restaurant, yeah. which was on the alley next to Pub Street, and apparently it's one of the few Khmer-owned and Khmer-managed uh, restaurants that are still on that street, because that's kind of the trendy, popular yeah. area, and uh, a lot of it's overseas-owned or overseas-backed, um, which means money's disappearing out of the local economy. So we ate there a couple of times. And yeah, we had this great, really great, tasty. it was a set menu. $8 and you got spring rolls, a fish and mock, a chicken curry, and two plates of rice. So it's to share. And we just, oh, we yeah. loved it. It wasn't the best mock that we had, but they were the best spring rolls were, that yeah. we ate in Vietnam, Cambodia, and so far in Thailand. And it was all Wonderful. served in, ba- in um, banana leaves, yeah, which I really liked. It looked really attractive. Cool. So we'd better talk about the uh, the boat trip from Badenbag to Siem Reap, because that was a, a whole day adventure in itself. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, we had to get up super early, because the boat left at 7. But we managed to, and got to the boat on time and everything. And, um, yeah, seven hours. They had said it was, you know, four to five, and someone else said, don't believe it, it's ten. So it was somewhere in the middle, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, we sat downstairs, but you can also sit on the roof, which a lot of people did. We, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny, because all the older people were downstairs and all the younger people were up on the roof, and I'm like, I'm choosing to stay downstairs. Am I getting old? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a nice trip. Sometimes the um, the river was so narrow that the plants on either side were kind of bashing against the against the boat, and of course there's no windows, so they're coming in, 
And if you're sitting by the window, then you just get scratched to pieces. Smacked in the head, yeah. yeah. So there were times when everyone in the boat was crowded into the middle aisle. Yeah. It's hilarious. And it we had some interesting insects and bugs come <laughs> off of the trees into the boat, including a stick insect, which was, I don't know, two-thirds of the length of my forearm. It was, was a good huge. 20 centimetres long, yeah. So um, that boat ride apparently is one of the, the most scenic, the most beautiful in Cambodia. So if you are travelling around by river... Um, well, if you want to do one river trip while you're there, that's really worthwhile. And you also pass through Tonle Sap, and apparently a popular day trip from um, from Angkor, well, from Siem Reap, Reap, is to go and do a cruise on Tonle Sap. So you can kind of do a, do a two-in-one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite cool because we went through the floating villages. They're not actually floating. All of the houses are on stilts, but, you know, they're kind of villages in the water. So that was really interesting. And uh, as we were going, we'd stop and let off passengers, and they'd be, they'd be collected by boat by them, you know, their husbands or wives or whatever. And, you know, they, they had all this cargo that they'd take off, and it was just really cool to see them paddling away to their houses, which is, you know, yeah. on stilts over there in the middle of the water. <laughs> now, um, Siem Reap is where you go when you want to go and see Angkor Wat and the temples around it. There isn't too much to the town itself but the things to look out for is pub street if you want to go and eat and drink with all of the other tourists that's the place to go and it's impossible not to find Mm -hmm. but uh there's great barbecue places like street barbecue which is also very tourist oriented um on the corner just before pub street but you know when you can get tacos and beer for i think it was one dollar tacos and 50 cent beer yep um you know you're you're talking about budget food here. Yes, um, and it was all good. Although there are some amazing mm-hmm. restaurants with astronomical prices as well, but of course we didn't uh, sample those. Would be nice. Uh, you can also visit the markets. They're quite big, and they have you know everything. There's food and drink as well as you know touristy things. Mm, I love visiting um, Alessandro Danco, oh, that was which cool. is a. I guess you could almost say it's a craft village, but it's a series of workshops where. Um, Cambodian people can come from the surrounding countryside and take up apprenticeships in stonework or in weaving or wood carving or traditional painting. And uh, they get taught over a one and a half to three year um, kind of apprenticeship. And then they can go back to their village and keep doing this traditional work to increase the income there. And they also get ongoing mentorship even after they've they've gone back home, there's still more training and uh, and kind of community get-togethers and things like that. Yeah, it's really awesome. And there's a focus on training disabled people as well, which I think is really great. Yeah, so it's a good sustainable tourism operation as well as kind of giving people in rural communities the chance to increase their income. Yeah, so that's based in the centre of Siem Reap, but there's also a free shuttle bus that you can take out to the silk factory, which was a really worthwhile thing, which we did with uh, some friends of ours who we met up with. And, um, yeah, it was interesting to go around the factory and see see how it works. Yeah, they do everything there from um, growing the, the larvae and, you know, uh, waiting until they make cocoons and then harvesting that and doing all the dyeing and weaving and, and everything. So that's, yeah, that was something really, really cool. Yeah, that was fun. Now, um, we just really don't have time this week to talk about Angkor Wat, Angkor Tom, and all of the fantastic temples surrounding that. So uh, we might have to do another episode in the future 
um, talking about that. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, you can go to youtube.com forward slash Indie Travel Podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, that should answer it. Yeah, smooth. Um, before we finish up talking about our Cambodia trip, let's just talk about our border crossings. Because oh, yeah. that's something of of great concern, something that weighs on people's minds. Yeah, we found it really interesting because we were looking for information about getting from Siem Reap to Bangkok, which is what we did. And there is a ton of information about getting from Bangkok to Siem Reap, but not very much in reverse because it's really easy. We just bought a trip on a bus. It cost us $7 each. Okay, yes, we did have to change buses about 19 times, but we got to Siem Reap, uh, to Bangkok without any problems. Yeah, there's. it was just so simple um, yeah. because we were coming into Thailand for under 15 days mm-hmm. um, and f- because we're from New Zealand but this applies to a lot of other countries we just filled out a basic form and they stamped us in yeah. and that was it yeah and what was and cool was that yeah we, we caught a bus to the border someone met us walked us across and we were met on the other side by someone we'd been given stickers so we've met someone with the same colour sticker as us he put us in a jeep which uh, took us to another place where we met our bus, and then we're off again. So it was, it was kind of complicated, but also really simple. We didn't have to think about anything. Yeah. Now, apparently going the other way is fraught with problems. So do really kick around the forums if you're going from Bangkok to Siem Reap. Yeah. Because apparently there's a lot of scams out there. The and, biggest uh, thing involves your visa. So probably the biggest advice is to buy your visa in advance online, and then you won't have to worry about it. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. Or just know... How much a visa costs and don't let anyone tell you that it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, coming in from Ho Chi Minh City to Phnom Penh, um, we didn't have any problems at all. Um, the bus driver actually took our money and our passports for us, went and sorted it all out. We walked through and he gave us our passports back. Yep, and that so was it. So that was it. Um, it really couldn't have been easier. So that border crossing into Laos, uh, sorry, into Cambodia, do your research, no what should happen and how much you should be paying for it and uh, as long as you know that you shouldn't really have too many problems because we certainly didn't yeah I've talked to people who have had problems but we didn't so it is possible to get in and out of Cambodia with no problems at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah it sure is well uh, we're gonna finish off and go and eat some Thai barbecue Um, But before we go, we want to remind you that you can help out the Indie Travel Podcast by booking things through us if you are shopping online. Uh, Do take a look at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash flights, hotels, hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And we also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash deals. Uh, We're doing our best to make all these the the best possible um so do check them out while you're researching you can also visit indietravelpodcast.com forward slash amazon when shopping online now and during your upcoming christmas shopping yeah thanks for the people who are doing that because every little purchase does make a big difference and it helps to keep us on the road which is where we'd like to be we do like it yeah so i think that's pretty much us for this week until next week travel well